of wine growing takes place on the cooler fringes of land hugging the California coast. Just 200 miles north of Fresno, skilled workers in Napa Valley raise grapes by hand, touching each vine up to a dozen times over the course of the growing season. Workers deliberately limit yields by pruning vines in the winter, so each shoot produces only a few clusters, and they routinely pass through again in the summer, cutting any suboptimal clusters to the ground. The intent is that the money lost in quantity will be made up in quality, that the vine will concentrate its resources in investing those few clusters with deeper, more complex flavors and aromas. The goal is to produce around four tons per acre, which fetched $3,680 a ton in 2013. Careful vineyard management certainly contributed to this tenfold increase in price compared with that of Fresno, but most of the premiums related to climate, a large effect from a seemingly subtle difference in annual average temperatures, just 4.5 degrees Fahrenheit cooler. As one grower told me, even a genius can't grow good Pinot Noir in Fresno, it's too hot. Too hot is a problem because all plants are regulated by temperature. Wine grapes are especially sensitive. Wine is so shaped by the environment in which it is grown that the French have a word for it, terroir. Wine, like coffee and other geographically distinct products, reflects the place of its origin. The grapevine makes sugar through photosynthesis, then modifies and recombines this one starting ingredient to produce myriad compounds that might ultimately smell like raspberries or fresh-cut grass in your glass. Temperature, moisture, light, and the soil itself alter how the vine orchestrates this ballet. Wine is more than 80% water and typically 12-15% to 15% alcohol, leaving only about 5% for everything else. This small fraction of other elements creates the unique flavor of a local wine, and changes in climate are putting this flavor at risk. Although winemaking requires great skill, nearly all the winemakers I've interviewed for my research on how the industry is responding to environmental changes readily admit that most of the potential quality of a wine is already determined when the grapes are delivered to the winery. Some of the potential flavors come from the winemaking process, such as the yeast used in fermentation or aging in oak barrels. But as one well-known winemaker told me, if everything in the vineyard's done correctly, my job's just not to screw it up. Great wine is grown, not made. Climate greatly affects that growing. Wine growers think of climate on three levels the macroclimate of a region like Carneros or Burgundy, the mesoclimate of a vineyard parcel, and the microclimate of a cluster of grapes within a canopy of leaves. The macroclimate is influenced by broad geographical forces that set the growing season and the temperature and rainfall patterns. Temperature mostly determines which of the thousands of varieties of wine grapes can be grown optimally in a given place, from crisp whites suited to the short growing season and cool temperatures of Germany to bold reds that can maintain their flavors through a long, hot, dry summer in Spain. Temperature controls when vines wake up in the spring after winter dormancy and drives the growth and ripening process. As global temperatures rise, new regions such as southern England are becoming more suitable for wine growing, whereas some warm wine regions, notably parts of Australia, 
are struggling with high temperatures and regular droughts that contribute to uneven yields, overly high alcohol levels, and unbalanced flavors. Changes in the amount and timing of rainfall in a region can alter grape quality in various ways, and excessive humidity can hasten fungal rot. Drought can severely stress a plant. Many New World wine-growing areas, including California, are widely irrigated, but research I conducted in a team led by my colleagues at Stanford University showed that even in irrigated regions, natural precipitation affects yields. How a vineyard's mesoclimate affects the taste in your glass is less obvious, but it starts with the balance of sugar and acid in the grapes, the components that form the foundation of a wine's taste. Fruits accumulate sugar through ripening, which is directly controlled by temperature. Ripe wine grapes are especially high in sugar, about a quarter by weight, twice as much as a sweet...